16 minutes uh, past two. And as I did promise you, my uh, interview for the day with uh, Candice Rijevic, a former best friend of Cecilia Stein. This is all about uh, the Krugersdorp uh, killings. And uh, Candice, I welcome you here on the Midday Brew 93.6 FM. Hope everything is all right there on your side. Yes, no, everything's perfectly great, thanks for you. I uh, can't complain. Beautiful weather we're experiencing uh, here in the south uh, at the moment. Really fantastic summer weather. Um, Candice, you were former best friend of Cecilia Stain. Um, were you high school friends? Uh, no, actually, I met Cecilia in my mid-twenties. She was about four years older than me. So it was quite a bit later in life. Right. And uh, um, what attracted to um, her, uh, to you as a friend? What what was her qualities that you really appreciated? Well, basically, the, it was a rather interesting scenario on how we met. Uh, my client, Ria Frunewald, uh, uh, managed to meet Cecilia Stain through various avenues. And she began talking to me about Cecilia and then... Uh, wanted me to, you know, meet her because she was so intrigued with Cecilia's uh, apparent scenario and Cecilia needing help. Mm-hmm. And after uh, about two weeks of contemplating, you know, okay, fine, let me give it a go, let me meet this woman, and um, that's basically how it started. And as soon as I met Cecilia, she started to initiate a friendship with me just pretty much the general way you would become friends with anybody else, you know, get to know them, uh, spend time with them, ask questions, uh, have, you know, jokes, uh, do fun things, and so on. There was absolutely nothing weird uh, in terms of a friendship, if I could put it that way. Um, Candice, and also the interesting thing um, for being friends with somebody that uh, you then later on realized had, um, well, maybe a hidden agenda or maybe a darker side did you ever experience any of that or was your relationship with her um kind of like something that you remember as something special it's actually a a bittersweet memory because i mean there were there were both sides to the coin here there was a lot of supposed dramatic scenarios where Cecilia was supposedly being attacked on a daily basis from the occult, uh, from her father, uh, mm. too many health scares to to account for. Uh, and then there was the fun times where we would get up to uh, silly, silly things, um, you know, joking around, talking, laughing, watching movies. It was a combination of both things, actually. So... When I look back, I mean, back back in that time, there was absolutely no warning to me that Cecilia was actually involved in all of these things currently at that point in our friendship. She did, however, though, mention that in her apparent past that the occult had uh, forced her to have killed people, to kidnap people, and so on. But then she wanted to escape, and because of trying to escape from the occult, her life was on the line. And so that that was the story that her mm-hmm. entire group was fed. Um, but um, then, 
you, you did you know about um, her dark side? Did you did you experience some of that? Was that something that she opened up about um, um, to you? Uh, yes, to a degree, I would say so. But whenever she would relate or show those aspects, it was always swayed off to it's because of the occult. Mm, this is mm. how she was raised. This is who she was raised to be. I mean, one of the things that she predominantly proclaimed to everybody was that her birth was prophesied about for years on end, that she was to be born to then later raise uh, sorry, to, to later then open the gates of hell on earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, then amongst all of that, she would continuously tell us about the things that the occult had forced her to do, uh, such as killing people, kidnapping people, and so on. So I did see, or I was at least told about those supposed previous things. But I would say about a year or two into the friendship is when there was a few warning signs that were going off where I would receive quite subtle threats if I wasn't doing what I was told. Okay. And then that started, I would definitely say that that started to spark, you know, questions within my mind that is this person really who they claim to be? And during that process, I watched her lie to every single member of her group. And with, you know, with this continuously going on, I eventually posed the question to Cecilia herself, you know, why, you know, would you, uh, you, you lie to everybody, why wouldn't you lie to me? I mean, why would mm-hmm. I be the exception? Mm-hmm. And she laughed it off and she said to me, you're my best friend, I would never lie to you. But honestly, deep down inside, I knew that there was something that was going on that wasn't right. And from then I started to, you know, do subtle things, obviously subtle, because, you know, I didn't want her to know that I was testing her. And I started to see truth behind the lies, the things that she was claiming on tiny aspects that were actually not true. And it it was honestly, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. Uh I mean, for... Was she in love with you? I honestly would not be able to answer that, but because I honestly don't know. Mm -hmm. But she did try, I would say about two to three years into the friendship, she did start at hinting at having a relationship with me. Okay. But then she would just sway it off and laugh it off because she was married to a man she would flirt with other men as far as my mind knew she was completely straight okay and um but then there was this continuous supposed rumor that we were in a gay relationship and i became paranoid Mm -hmm. so i i mean i did everything i could to you know put a stop to those rumors uh so uh, possibly, I I wouldn't actually know if she was in love with me, but the, de- the feeling definitely was not mutual. Uh, when the, uh, when the news broke and and uh, um, everybody in South Africa was kind of like aware about uh, what was happening and that um, she was involved with uh, or the mastermind at least uh, behind the Kruger uh, Kruger's door uh, killings. Um, where were you? Were you not? Then her friend at that stage, were you uh, living in another town? Um, how did you, uh, how, what was the situation between the two of you then when it broke? 
the news? Uh, Well, I I hadn't been friends with Cecilia for, I think, about six years. Okay. Uh, When LaRue and uh, Marcel were uh, eventually caught and arrested. Uh, At the time of leaving Cecilia, I knew that there was countless lies and she needed to be stopped because I knew she was breaking up marriages, she was destroying people's lives, but I did not know and I did not realize to the full extent that she was actually going as far as murdering people and, you know, and so on. But six years, six or so years down the line, when the news came out, um, I hadn't spoken to her, I had I cut off all contact. She did try and find me continuously at least once a year for those years that we were apart. But, you know, living in South Africa, I'm not going to answer a random number, just asking, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. where do you live? And uh, But I knew it was her because she would use certain code words that were always uh, just something between her and I. And um, oh, Okay, so, so you knew the connection. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when LaRue and Marcel were arrested and it was published in the magazine, uh, we just felt the, uh, felt the need to contact the investigators just to basically aid them to help help give them as much information as they needed. I mean, I, I knew I knew too much, but at that point in time, I honestly didn't know that I was actually going to end up being the most or at least one of the most valuable aspects mm. uh, for the case. So, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, it was quite something. Candace Rijevic with me, one a former best friend of Cecilia Stein. This is all about the Krugersdorp killings. And um, Candace, also a very difficult interview for me because um, I, I can't ask questions that is going to reveal what you will be all about in Chronicles of the Krugersdorp Killers because that is a book you're busy writing on. So I'm trying to jump around certain certain areas just to make it interesting for us to talk about when you look back to Cecilia and uh, and you look at her personality what was that uh, because apparently she had quite a a, a force that she could control people with did you ever experience that undoubtedly I mean in the beginning and throughout the friendship I was completely unaware of what she was doing and how she was doing it. It was so subtle and yet so masterful at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, with writing my book, The Best Friend, and in doing the podcast, just by simply going through detail by detail, I, even myself, started to realize how she managed to fool even myself. I mean, just on the simple aspect of I mean, within the first week of knowing Cecilia Stain, she knew vital and also non-vital aspects about myself that no one ever knew. Mm-hmm. I had never mentioned things to people, so how could she know? And then added to that, everybody in the group was constantly, and I mean constantly, bombarded with drama scenario after drama scenario with nonsense there was not even a a second gap to catch your breath to stop and think this out you know in in any logical point of view so uh and also uh, at the same time if you think about just a simple fact uh cecilia basically portrayed to all of us that she was raised in a cult 
This is her upbringing. This mm. is her, mm. you know, this is her life. She, she was, she was, a, she was a daughter of the darkness. Yeah. Yes, and you know, this was, you know, this was her, her, her I would say second nature, but it would be her first nature. Uh, it was all she ever knew. But everybody that came into her group as a friend, uh, we knew nothing about this. So taking that concept into consideration, it's very similar to like going to a doctor. You can do as much uh, research on the internet or on Google, you know, for your symptoms and try to figure it out. But at the end of the day, most people go to the doctor, it's their speciality, we take the doctor at their word, and that's how we go with it. And, you know, if you combine all of that, you know, Cecilia, just knowing things about you that no one else did, mm. um, being bombarded constantly with information without a second to think about it, and then uh, being thrown into a world you know absolutely nothing about with a person who supposedly knows everything about it. It's it's a complete whirlwind uh, of confusion. It's um, And scary you know, as well, I suppose. It is. I mean, sometimes, I mean, when I do the audio recordings, I, I stop and think how many times I was actually at her place, in her presence, yeah. at, at very moments where my life was actually at risk. Hmm. Even when she threatened me, uh, it was actually <laughs> it's terrifying. At any second, I could have actually been out of there and then, and she wouldn't even blink an eye. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm honestly glad I didn't know at that time point. I mean, I know the one, the one warning bell that should have gone off is when she spoke about Hitler's mind control. She knew far too much for the average person on how he did mind control. Uh, there was she was masterful in every single avenue it was actually terrifying and did you meet her parents yes i did uh, i met her father and then i met her her mother but when i met her mother cecilia said to me that it was actually her stepmother okay so her supposed real mother was actually uh, let's just say uh, it was an actress from a movie. Uh, I think the movie was called uh, Vampires Los Mietos. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw the photos. We were given a full-blown story on how Cecilia and her father had con uh, how Cecilia's mother and her father had conceived her on an altar during a ritual. Okay. And um, what is, what is the movie called? Vampire. Vampires Los Mietos. Empire, it's an old, uh, yeah, it's an old movie, and Los Mertos, yeah, I've got it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cecilia loved to. Uh, she thrived on finding old movies that were very occult based because not many people know old movies, and then she would take you know still images or still photos from those movies, and then claim that these were actually photos from her life. These were her parents. These were her her friends these were pictures of during a ritual this is what this is what she looked like when she changed into a wolf or a werewolf and okay yeah it was it was actually only after i left her that i began looking up these movies and i i found the actual videos and i took snippets and photos and they were identical um, did you ever um experience her reality as a reality yourself or do you think that was your saving grace that you couldn't um gasp her reality 
Um, I'm not too sure what you mean by... Well, her reality is obviously from the dark side, which is a reality. I mean, um, we, 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 we know that life has got two sides. So yeah. um, um, people think when they look at the dark side that it's not a reality. It is a reality. It is exactly of what's course. happening in their lives. You never experienced her reality. Uh, not to her extent, but I mean, I completely and wholeheartedly believe that, you know, there is a dark side, there is a light side, there is heaven, there is hell, mm-hmm. and um, I know that there is the occult and then there is the Christian church. I know those things are very, very valid, but in all honesty, and I know the thoughts crossed my mind many times, is that I actually honestly wonder if uh, the people that are in the the real people who are in the occult actually know of Cecilia Stain because oh, she would right. be running her own her scenario. Own yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. her own reality, actually. She created her own reality. Yeah, because, I mean, there was quite a few scenarios where genuine people who were trying to leave the occult would approach Rhea and Cecilia to leave and if they were actually legitimate, Cecilia would turn them away and say that they were fake. Okay. She did not, she was not concerned about them, she just wanted to know people who she could use. Um, do you do you think that um, we in, uh, as South Africans have, <laughs> will ever be able to understand what really happened here? In all honesty, I don't think so, because as much as I try relate, you know, through my writings, through the podcasts, and as, as much detail as I can give, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can fully understand the full extent of the manipulation, uh, the brainwashing, the confusion. Uh, it, it's like a, a complete cloud that, or fog that's just completely consumed your mind, where you cannot see anything. Uh, unless you're in that actual scenario, I don't think anyone can truly believe, you know, how you were actually really, really genuinely fooled. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, I've been faced with so many statements and questions uh, since all of this has come out. You know, how can people be so easily fooled? You know, can't you see? It's so obvious. It's easy to say that now once the truth is out. But back when I was friends with Cecilia Stain, sadly enough, I couldn't even count a handful of even five people who didn't believe the truth, well, her supposed truth. Everyone believed Cecilia. That's how convincing oh, she that's was. That's how convincing she was. And also, I, I'm, I've got to admit, Candice, um, from the beginning of uh, when, when the news now started uh, opening up about uh, the uh, uh, Krugersdorp killings and uh, Cecilia Stein, I've been very cold towards it. I'm, I'm, I don't know much. That's why this interview for me is very refreshing because I always think that I would much easier climb into your head, if you understand what I mean, and yes, then understanding yes. what really happened because it's just so dark um, on the other side that for me it's, a, it's, it's difficult to grasp and also it's, it's not important to me in life. But I think that People are really going to be interested in your story. Um, are you excited about writing this book and telling people um, your perspective? 
Uh, to be honest, not really. Um, what The only reason why I'm doing this is it's for several reasons. Uh, one, so many people want to know the full extent of what really went on. A manipulation and her powers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then I also think that, you know, the victims and their families and their friends, even though I can't undo what Cecilia did, it, I feel like I need to at least give a voice to those victims in some way. And then the sad part is, is that this story is also not over. What I the know. world yeah. knows, yeah. Yeah. What, what the world knows right now, what's in the media, it's not even 5% of the truth. Mm. It's not even 5% mm. of what's going on. Uh, what I'm putting in my book and even what I've already started putting in my podcast uh, some of the investigators don't even know about. But you're the opening yourself up here. You're opening yourself up because this this is going to manifest into other stories and other storylines through what happened with her. Um, um, and, and, and that makes you vulnerable in the sense um, or, 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 or you, you, you want to tell your story. Uh, I don't necessarily feel the need to tell my story. It's more of a, uh, let's just say, like I said, the story is not over. Mm, I understand, are, yeah. Dur during the investigation, there were still hitmen that were not found. Mm, mm. There's still a phase two that began last year uh, f that is connected to Cecilia's group. And my primary, one of my primary importances in telling the story is basically to warn the public that, you know, even if somebody looks as saint-like as possible, you never know. Absolutely. I mean, I mean to me, Cecilia was as saint-like as Mother Teresa, but after I found out the truth, I don't think I could even trust Mother Teresa herself. That's how convincing yeah, yeah. she was. Do you ever question... Um, and and that this I find interesting. Uh, do you ever question your situation that you have been able to connect with Cecilia Stein? Um, does uh, do you question why me in a way because of uh, was my lifestyle opening up to the other side so that she was called in or uh, gave, giving permission to become my friend? Um, do you ever go through that process? That's actually crossed my mind quite a few times and I think it's in the beginning it was one thing that I, I wrestled with quite a lot until I spoke to quite a few reporters when my name first came out publicly and uh, one of the reporters said to me that I was probably put into God probably put me in the scenario because mm. he knew I would be brave enough to speak up wonderful because everybody else that knew Cecilia was either killed or went into hiding but I refused to go into hiding, and as soon as uh, LaRue and Marcel were arrested, I, I didn't hesitate in, con uh, in contacting the investigators. This needed to stop. People needed to be saved. And, I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, I'd like to say I don't count my life uh, as something, you know, valuable, or should I rather say I count other people's lives as more valuable than mine. And I would rather warn the public than keep quiet about it. Mm. Because as, 
it's just the right thing to do because it's it's devastating. Nobody deserves to go through something like this. And I still do question, you know, was I or wasn't I supposed to be part of this whole scenario? Or was I, and, was, am, am I the person that's going to open up doors so that people can see reality in, in what we think is not a reality? That's also true. I mean, the, that thought has spanned into such an incredible mind map. Absolutely. I mean, I mean from the get-go, uh, even starting two weeks from before I met Cecilia Stein, wrestling with the idea of meeting her, I had still a, a scenario that still dumbfounds me. Um, it's in one of my audio podcasts uh, where basically I was supposed to meet her. Obviously, going through those four years with her, not everything that happened or basically everything I could say that happened was not part of God's plan because, mm-hmm. you know, God doesn't plan to do such devastating things like Cecilia does. Okay, but, absolutely. But it, you but know what I want to read you that I found today and that yeah. I think that you, <laughs> that you will appreciate? William Shakespeare yeah. said, and uh, he said, hell is empty and all the devils live here. Sure. Wow. Wow, huh? And I got yeah, this today I because just before we started interviewing, I, I was going through Facebook and I saw this quote and I thought, this is perfect. This is something that I want to mention to you. Hell is empty and all the devils are living here. Yeah. So there yeah, you've got and it. A, a and a part of me actually wants to add that Cecilia is probably running that group. Well, her father did say that she's now the Wolf Macy of where she is. You know, she will always be the yeah. Wolf Macy. Yeah, yeah That's because, I mean, even when she was in the holding cells, uh, she was under constant camera surveillance uh, from the investigators. They watched how she operated. And then I hear feedback of how she is now uh, after being sentenced. I am dumbfounded at mm. how masterful she is to even, you know, fooling uh, criminals and all these people that basically anybody. I mean, I, I knew lawyers, advocates that were friends with Cecilia that were completely fooled by her. Absolutely. And I mean, you're talking about anybody that was not educated to highly educated. They all believed her. Mm, mm. So how masterful are we talking here? It's unbelievable. You're a beautiful woman, and uh, I wish you only the best in writing this book, opening up people's minds and eyes, because I think that, uh, well, as they say, 90% of the population of the world are sheep and blind. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, you know, but at least you've got a, a 5% of the population of the world that you can convince and uh, open up the eyes to see what really is happening all over the world and is going to, in times to come, even become more open and more of a reality and i think that uh, your timing is absolutely perfect uh, whenever you bring that book out so that people can realize uh, that uh, yeah we've been blindsided for a long long time for centuries actually so candace rijevic thank you very much for coming onto my show today thank you so much for having me it's an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah may the beautiful white light shine on you all the way all right Thank you so much again. Thank, Thank my you. pleasure. Keep well. Listen, just quickly, Candice, where can people check you out? Um, where, where can they go to? 
Um, they can go to krugerstalkkillers.co.za. It'll have all the podcasts on there. It's also got links to all the different apps uh, that they can listen to the podcasts. Kruger's Dorp killing, Killings. Kruger's Dorp Killings. Is that correct? No. Kruger's Dorp Killers. 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 Dot, all right. Yeah. Okay. Dot co. Dot co.za. Right. Thanks, Ganders. Well, even if they... Even if they look it up on Facebook, they'll find it as well. Fantastic. I really appreciate and thank you for coming on to my show today. Thank you so much. Keep well. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Bye.